Well, good evening, LifePoint Youth. Uh, thank you for, for coming out. Uh, I know we're at camp. Uh, a lot of our leaders are at camp, but, uh, but thank you so much for coming through tonight. And I know it's a little bit different, but hopefully you guys will uh, be paying attention and all of that. It's not like lights out, let's talk, let's do this. But, but uh, leaders, thank you for, for um, just making yourself available, being able to, uh, to run the show while a lot of us are, are uh, up in Prescott, um, Doug, uh, Jesse, David, thank you guys. Um, Grant, Sabrina, uh, I know that you guys are also uh, helping out with worship and stuff. Thank you guys so, so, so much. I hope that the students haven't given you too much of a hassle. And if you have, uh, well, I'll, I'll hear about it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, I, like I said, I know it's a little bit different format. I'm going to try to keep it really, really tight and really, really just compact because I know it can be really annoying and really like uh, just like crazy to, to be watching sermons. I don't know. I always feel like sometimes it's, it's weird and it can be a little bit uh, uh, hard to focus, but I hope that you guys would focus in. We're going to be in John chapter 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 17. Uh, there's not going to be a sky Bible, so if you brought a Bible, make sure to open it up. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll listen really close because obviously I'm on the screens and uh, there's not going to be a sky Bible. Uh, before we actually get into John chapter 13, though, I just wanted to share a story with you guys, a very quick one. Um, you know, I used to work at our ice rink, which I know is kind of crazy around here. There's, there's the Toyota Center, but that's uh, only open seasonally. I actually worked at an ice rink year round. So we did summer camps. We did um, all sorts of birthday parties and stuff throughout the year, uh, as well as working like normal times. But we uh, were open year round. And uh, after about four or five months of working there, I actually got promoted to be a supervisor. So I was actually above uh, some people. It was actually really funny. My brother, who I share about a lot, um, he was working there for like two years before me. And uh, within a few months, I became like his boss. I got to tell him what to do, which is always a good thing uh, when you get to tell your sibling like what to do. Uh, older siblings know what I'm talking about. But uh, even though I had this rank of a supervisor, I never really lost like doing the different job duties that I had um, when I was a lower level worker. We call them RFWs. And um, so when I was an RFW, I, I would have to clean uh, the bathroom. You would be doing a lot of the grunt work. Um, you'd be working in concessions. As a supervisor though, we always had two on a shift and you just kind of watched and facilitated and counted money at the end of the night and locked the doors and set the alarms. But there wasn't a whole lot of work to really do while people were there. A lot of the work was done by the RFWs, except I continued to do those duties. I continued to, uh, to, to clean bathrooms or sweep when I needed to. And uh, I just felt like instead of asking everybody else to just do things, especially if they had a list that was just piling on. I was like, man, I'll, I'll go in and, and do it. And I remember uh, there was a couple of supervisors who I used to work with and they just thought it was the craziest thing that I was still doing these duties that I got promoted from. Like I, I, I made it, you know, I had, I, I had a spot where I could have just sat in a chair and talked while everybody else did work and then just kind of facilitated. Uh, man, there was a supervisor I remember who would literally make messes on her own right? She would make messes on her own and then blame other people and have other people clean. And I just knew a lot of people who were like that. And, um, you know, I, uh, I loved that job, but I just never felt like 
it was my place to do that. I always wanted to serve. And a lot of people thought it was weird, especially the other supervisors. And so tonight we're going to kind of talk about this thing of serving, even when it's weird or even when it doesn't make any sense, because Jesus completely flipped the script on this. Uh, We'll get into this a a little bit later, but let's go ahead and uh, read in the gospel of John. Now, John um, is mainly uh, concerned with the, the, the divinity of Christ. He wants uh, He wants you as the reader to know, hey, Christ is who he says he is. He's the son of God. He's completely walking in that authority. You hear that tone throughout the entirety of the gospel of John. And where we're going to be reading is actually in the Passover celebration. So this was a time where the Jewish people would come together and just celebrate God's deliverance from Egypt as a reminder that he saved them. And and Jesus wanted to take this time, this celebration, um, which was actually the last night he was with with his friends, with the disciples, to teach them a lesson and to set an example. So let's go ahead and just read these first three verses here. It says, It was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he, he now showed them to the full extent of his love. The evening meal was was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. We all know who Judas is and if you don't, you definitely will in this section here. But Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he uh, had come from God and he was returning to God. So these first three verses, they basically uh, are, are the background, the, the setting. And that's really what the, the first thing, if you're taking notes, thank you so much. But, but uh, if you're taking notes, you can write that Jesus sets the stage. Jesus will always in, in anything thing. He'll, he'll set up the stage for what he's going to do or teach on or speak on or whatever. And, and this is no different. You see, Jesus had been preparing uh, for, for what he was going to be dealing with in the future with his death. And, and now he's preparing the disciples for, for, the de- for his death. He's like, hey, this is it. I've told you guys three or four times now. And, and, and I want you guys to know, like, I'm not going to be here. And, and there's a significance in the Last Supper. If you were here on Sunday, you kind of got a message uh, from Pastor Mike on that. You can also check out the YouTube uh, clip uh, of, this, of the sermon for that because it was a great message. But, but Judas is also uh, talked about here. And, and it's presented clearly that he is the responsible actor in the betrayal of Jesus. And, and it's the devil who inspired him and kind of worked in his heart um, to, to, to make this happen. So the, the stage is set. You have the betrayer. You have um, Jesus who is preparing for his death. And you have the disciples who are about to learn a, a very valuable and important lesson. You see, Jesus knows what he's facing. And he knows what men like Peter and Judas are going to do in the future, right? He knows that Judas is going to betray him already because he understands it. And he knows what Peter's going to do in denying him and kind of running away. All the disciples really uh, abandon Jesus. But again, John wants to speak on the divinity of, of, of Jesus. He wants to let you know, like, he's the son of God. He is who he says he is. And to see Jesus as the Son of God, as the, the, the agent that God uses on earth from above, he has life in himself and he has the authority to execute judgment because he's that powerful. Like, like uh, um, John is writing and, and he is even in these few verses setting the stage, setting the tone for what it is that Jesus is going to say and what he's going to do. 
that's what makes the next part that we're going to read here in a little bit so important. So again, I'm going to try to trim off the fat. I'm not going to tell as many stories and stuff. So let's go ahead and keep reading 4 through 11. This is what it says. It says, so uh, Jesus got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And then he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And this is really funny for me because I, I just identify with Peter so much. And Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. And then Jesus answers him, Unless I wash you, you have no part of me. And so it kind of sets this tone. And then it's fu so funny, Peter's response to it. Because he says, then Lord, not just my feet, but my hands also wash them and wash my head as well. And Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. So there he is kind of calling uh, Judas out. It says, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. And um, so, so in, this, in this little exchange, and, and you see Jesus take the position of a servant. You see, when it says that he took off his outer clothing and he put a towel around his waist, that was what the servants would do. Um, when you were reclining around a table, when you were uh, having dinner, the servants would come around and wash uh, the feet of whatever guest, whatever um, house owner or whatever was there because um, feet were nasty in those days. Everybody wears, wore, weird. Everybody wore sandals. Everybody, um, or they went barefoot and they walked everywhere. Uh, and so naturally, and they also didn't take many baths, right? So middle schoolers, I'm looking at you. But like, no, so, so, so the, they were very, very dirty. And so for him to take off his outer clothing and put a towel around his waist and then start to wash the disciples' feet, it's a very lowly place for Jesus, who's the Son of God, right? John is establishing him as the Son of God, this, this amazing, amazing man who is who, divinely appointed by God uh, and, and, and is fully God, fully man, right? All these theological principles. And here he is serving these regular dudes who he's been hanging out with and, and, and um, teaching and, and doing all of this. But it's so interesting because Jesus is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And here he is taking away and, and washing the disciples' feet clean. And then you have Peter who, who's like, what are you doing? Are you going to wash my feet? But that's not really just a question. It was more like a challenge because he looked at the circumstances. He looked at Jesus who he had identified as the son of God. He, he, he knew who he was, right? And he looks at him and he's like, you're not going to wash my feet. Like I am way beneath like you, I, I, I should not be served by you, right? John the Baptist did the same thing when, when he was proclaiming Jesus a, a, as an evangelist. He, he was saying like, hey, I am not even worthy to, to strap on Jesus's sandals. And, and Peter is essentially saying the same thing. He's like, we're not doing this. And then Jesus says, hey, like if you don't do this, then you're not a part of me. You're not a part of the family. If you can't let me uh, wash you clean and, and, and wash your feet here, then, then I'm not like, you're not a part of this. 
and there's this back and forth, but then Peter starts to get enthusiastic, right? He's like, oh, okay, bet, awesome. Well, if, if you're gonna wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head, do all of this, like, but, but, and a lot of times we see that enthusiasm and we're like, man, I wanna be like that, like, I wanna do that. But really, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, another example of Peter not really understanding because Peter just kind of wanted this insurance policy, this golden blanket that would, cons- uh, that would cover all of his concerns and every single thing uh, that, that he was going to face. He was like, I want that. I, I-, I want a-, a blanket protection. I want all of this stuff. And so still he doesn't really understand what Jesus is saying when he's, when he's talking about washing him clean and, and he only needs his feet, wa- uh, his feet washed and all this stuff. Like, Peter really doesn't understand it. He just wants to be like, you know, uh, covered for, for the things that he was going to, um, he was going to entail and, and, and go out and, and do. But really, even more so than just washing feet, Jesus is really trying to change the perspective. You see, Jesus, he, he sets the stage. He also does the unthinkable. He did the unthinkable. And I'm not just talking about miracles. Obviously, those are amazing. But I'm talking about he will lower himself and put himself in positions where uh, we would not expect him to be. I mean, he lived his entire life like this. I mean, he was born in a manger. He, he rode in on a donkey, like all of these things that you just wouldn't see attached to royalty or king or savior or a messiah or any of this. And so Jesus clearly did what was unthinkable in the setting that he was in so that the disciples would see that there is a new perspective there's a new shift in, in how we are to live our lives, how we're to serve other people, how we're to be uh, a part of, of the family of God, and how we're supposed to treat other people as we welcome them into the families. We're kind of talking uh, last week with the prodigal son. He also wants them to follow the example of how service and leadership would look as a believer. Let me tell you something. If you have a call of ministry on your life, if you want to be uh, a pastor, if you want to be a worship leader, if you want to even be on production and do all of that, then you have got to be okay doing some of the grunt work, doing some of the things that, that nobody else is going to want to do. And, and that's going to elevate you. You know, the, the uh, scripture says that, that he who is faithful with little will be given much. And, and, and how can you ever trust somebody if they're not faithful with the little? Obviously, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, but it's so, such, an, it's such an important um, thing as a, as a believer. Let's keep going here as we kind of wrap this up. Again, I'm trying to rapid fire. I know I might be talking a little quick. It's kind of weird. I'm in this room with nobody here, and it's just, it's just wild. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's read in uh, verse 12. This is what it says. It says, when he had finished, this is Jesus, washing Uh, their feet, he put his clothes on and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Whoa. He says, I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This kind of sounds like the Beatitudes from even a couple of weeks uh, ago, right? Like, like he, he's talking about being blessed. He's talking about, um, man, I'm setting you an example and you better follow it if you want to follow me. See, Jesus sets the stage. 
He does the unthinkable here. And he also, he turns around afterwards and he flips the script. He completely changes uh, through his teaching. He changes the perspective uh, of the disciples. He says, hey, listen, this is not about uh, status. This is not about prestige. This is not about getting into uh, a, a certain position or, or a level of authority. Like Jesus is the son of God. And here he is taking off his outer clothing, putting a towel around his waist and washing nasty, disgusting, like, it's crazy. And then he turns around and he's like, hey, you have to be willing to adopt this. This is because Jesus, who was the Lord and the teacher, right, was willing to accept and adopt the humbling model of foot washing. And Jesus' disciples could not treat humility merely as a, a nice idea that's un, uh, unrelated to Christian life. And guys, that's a principle that continues. Man, you cannot, 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 cannot be, not be humble, right? You can't be proud. You can't be, uh, uh, um, like you, you can't find yourself in a situation where you're like above um, certain levels of service. I, I think that it's just so uh, important. You see, rather, it seems that a humble, self-giving treatment of other people without regard to shame in the honor codes of society, that's what God is concerned with. That's what Jesus was teaching his disciples in this moment. He's like, hey, listen, I don't care what society deems as unworthy or, or uh, uh, to be beneath you. Man, you are never uh, you are never. You can never be low enough with with, uh, with in following Jesus, man. There are always places where you can go lower, and ironically, the lower that you would place yourself, the more that you would subject yourself to. And I'm not saying like be walked on, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But if you can can find yourself in a position where you are are leaning in on Him and lowering yourself and doing whatever need is is there. God will bless it and he'll elevate you. You see, Jesus dis, uh, served despite his position and despite knowing he was going to die soon, he completely, completely changed the game. He took his last night with his friends before his betrayal and he teaches them one last lesson of what posture Christians were to have in serving others and in being a model to other people. Because guys, if we can understand it, if we can walk out in this kind of servanthood uh, mentality of, of continuing to lower ourselves and not being too proud to do anything, man, other people will follow suit to that. And other people will start to understand or, or be curious about why we're so willing to do that. And God will honor it. And God, God the kingdom will grow because of it, man. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And so like, I, I just think it's important to know that, that if Jesus, the son of God, can serve in these crazy, outlandish, super hum uh, humble uh, ways, man, we should definitely be following suit to that. It's, it's so, so, so important. So if you would, and I know this might be weird, but if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm not going to really do an altar call. I'll let uh, the worship team kind of take over for that. Um, but, but hey, I, I want to pray over you and um, I want to pray uh, with you. And uh, thank you so much for, for just allowing uh, us the space to continue to do uh, youth, even when we're away at camp and and you know, we have leaders and stuff who are away. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you 
tonight. Father, I thank you so much for each and every student that is here in the building, each and every parent, every leader. Lord, I pray that you would take your word, you would take this this model that you have set through your son Jesus uh, of how to serve, how to, uh, to enact this model of servanthood, Lord, and I pray that we would never find ourselves too proud or too arrogant, Lord, to... Um, to lower ourselves and put uh, ourselves in positions of service. Lord, we know that you honor it. We know that you, um, you, you see what we do and there's not an action that we uh, could take that is not noticed by you for the good or for the bad. So Father, I pray that you would just make us into humble servants and Lord, that we would just be able to listen to your voice, follow this model and this method of how to serve and that you would just be with us throughout the rest of our week, throughout the rest of the summer, Lord, um, to, to be servants and to, to really um, follow suit with what it is that you have um, given us as a template for how we're to treat other people in the body and out of the body as well. Uh, 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 and so, Father, I thank you. I pray your blessing over worship tonight. I pray that you would just uh, continue to move as you already have. I pray your blessing uh, over over that time and, and, of worship. And um, Lord, I, I just I, I, I want you to to move and to work and to speak to the students tonight. Lord, that's what we're believing for, and, and we are so. Uh, so ready and expectant to, to hear from you in, in whatever the, uh, capacity that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, hey.